Welcome to another instalment of Irish Legends with the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. Before we get started today, I'd like to introduce you all to another podcast I've been enjoying recently. It's the Tennis Podcast with Nick and Brandon. These guys are brilliantly funny and you will definitely find yourself either laughing or guessing what is on their lists. A recent favourite of mine was their episode on favourite books and authors, so please check them out. Hi, my name is Nick. I'm Brandon. We are the hosts of the Tennis Podcast, where every week we cover a different top tennis list. We cover lists such as the highest grossing films of all time, the best selling musicians of all time, the... The sexiest mogwais, the richest leprechauns, the... All this and more we cover on the Tennis Podcast. I had more. You can find us on all podcast players, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. All you gotta do is search for 10ISH Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Tennis Pod. Thanks. Bye. The Overflowing of Loch Ney, and the story of Libin, the mermaid. In the days of old, a good king ruled over a woman, whose name was Marid Makarudu. He had two sons, Eka and Reb. Eka was restless and unruly, and in many ways displeased the king, and he told his brother Reb that he had made up his mind to leave home and win lands for himself in some far part of the country. At last Eka, being wrought upon by his stepmother Ailu, did a grievous wrong to his father and fled from him and with all his people, and his brother Reb and his stepmother Ailu went with him. Ten hundred men they were in all, besides women and children, and they turned their faces towards the north. After they had travelled for some time, their druids told them that it was not fated for them to settle in the same place, and accordingly, when they had come to the pass of the two pillar stones, they parted. Reb and his people turned to the west, and they journeyed there until they came to the plain of Arpthen, and there the water of a fountain burst forth over the land and drowned them all, and a great lake was formed, which to this day is called the Lake of Rib. Eka continued his journey northwards, and he and his people fared slowly on until they came to Brugge of the Boyne, the palace of Mackindock, where they were fain to rest. No sooner had they halted than a tall man came forth from the palace, named Angus MacKinduck of the Brugge, son of the Dagda, and commanded them to leave the place without delay. But they, being spent with the toil of travel, heeded not his words, and pitching their tents, they rested on the plain before the palace. Whereupon Angus, being wroth that his commands were unheeded, killed all their horses that night. The next day he came forth again and said to them, Your horses I slew last night, and now, unless you depart from this place, I will slay your people tonight. And Eka said to him, Much evil hast thou done to us already, for thou hast killed all our horses, and now we cannot go, even though we desire it, for without horses we cannot travel. Then Angus brought to them a very large horse in full harness. They put all their goods onto him. And when they were about to go, he said, Beware that ye keep this great steed walking continually. Not even a moment's rest shall ye give him. Otherwise, he will certainly be the cause of your death. After this, they set out again, on a Sunday in the mid-month of autumn. 
and travelled on till they reached the plain of the grey copse, where they intended to abide. They gathered then the great steed to take their luggage off him, and each was busy seeing after his own property, so that they forgot to keep the horse moving. And the moment he stood still, a magic well sprang up beneath his feet. Now Eka, when he saw the well spring up, was troubled, remembering Angus's warning. And he caused a house to be built round it, and near it he built his palace, for better security. And he chose a woman to take care of the well, charging her strictly to keep the door locked, except when the people of the palace came for water. After that, the king of Ilid, that is to say Muradach, the son of Fiaca Findamis, came against Eka to drive him north from Ilid. But Eka made a stout fight, and he won the lordship of half of Ilid from Muradach, and after that his people settled down on the plain of the Grey Copse. Now Eka had two daughters, Ariu and Lebin, of whom Ariu was the wife of Kernan the Simpleton. And Kernan went about the people, foretelling that a lake would flow over them all from the well, and urging them earnestly to make ready their boats. Come forth, come forth, ye valiant men, build boats and build ye fast. I see the water surging out, a torrent deep and fast. I see our chief and all his host, o'erwhelmed beneath the wave. And Ariu too, my beloved, alas, I cannot save. But Libin east and west shall swim, long ages on the ocean's rim, by mystic shores and islets dim, and down in a deep sea cave. And he ceased not to warn all he met, repeating this verse continually, but the people gave no heed to the words of the simpleton. Now the woman who had charge of the well, on a certain occasion forgot to close the door, so that the spell was free to work evil, and immediately the water burst forth over the plain, and formed a great lake, namely the lake of the copse, and Eka and all his family and all his folk were drowned, save only his daughter Libin and Connick and Kernan the simpleton, and they buried Ariu and raised a mound over her, which is called from her Karn Arin. Of Connick nothing more is told, but as to Kernan, he died of grief after his wife Ariu, and he was buried in the mound, which is called Karn Kernan to this day, in memory of him. And thus the great lake of the copse was formed, which is now called Lochnecha, in memory of Eka, the son of Marid. And it was the overflow of this lake which, more than all other causes, scattered the Ultonians over Erin. Now as to Libin, she was also swept away like the others, but she was not drowned. She lived for a whole year with her lapdog in her chamber beneath the lake, and God protected her from the water. At the end of the year she was weary, and when she saw a speckled salmon swimming and playing all around her, she prayed and said, Oh my Lord, I wish I were a salmon, that I might swim with the others through the clear green glass sea. And at the words she took the shape of a salmon, except her face and breast, which did not change. And her lapdog was changed into an otter, and attended her wherever she went, so long as she lived in the sea. And so she remained swimming about from sea to sea for three hundred years, that is to say, from the time of Eka, the son of Marid, to the time of Congal of Bangor. Now on one occasion, Congal sent Beoc, the son of Indley, from Bangor to Rome to talk with Gregory concerning some matters of order and rule. And when Beoc's cura was sailing over the sea, he and his crew heard sweet singing in the waters beneath them, as if it were the chanting of angels. And Beoc, having listened for a while, 
looked down into the water and asked what the chant was for, and who it was it sang. And Libin answered, I am Libin, the daughter of Eka, son of Marid, and it is I who sang the chant thou hast heard. Why art thou here? asked Beok, and she replied, Lo, I have lived for three hundred years beneath the sea, and I have come hither to fix a day and a place of meeting with thee. I shall now go westward, and I beseech thee, for the sake of the holy men of Dalriada, to come to Inver Olorba to meet me on this same day at the end of the year. Say also to Congal and to the other holy men of Bangor all I ask of thee. Come with thy boats and thy fishing nets, and thou shalt take me from the waters in which I have lived. I shall not grant thee the boon thou askest, said Beok, unless thou give me a reward. What reward dost thou seek? asked Libin. That thou be buried in one grave with me in my own monastery, answered Beok. That shall be granted to thee, said Libin. Beok then went on his way to Rome, and when he returned he related to Congal and all the other saints of the monastery at Bangor the story of the mermaid. And now the end of the year was nigh. Then they made ready their nets, and on the day appointed they went in their boats to Inver Oliba, a goodly company of saints of Erin, and Libin was caught in the net of Fergus' milk, and her head and shoulders were those of a maiden, but she had the body of a fish. Now the boat in which she was brought to land was kept half full of sea water, in which she remained swimming about, and many came to see her, and all were filled with wonder when they saw her strange shape and heard her story. Among the rest came the chief of the tribe of the Harkonig, wearing a purple cloak, and she kept gazing at him earnestly. The young chief, seeing this, said to her, Dost thou wish to have this cloak? If so, I will give it to thee willingly. But she answered, Not so, I desire not thy cloak, but it brings to my mind that my father, Eka, from the day he was drowned, he wore a cloak of purple like thine. But may good luck be on thee for thy gentleness, and on him who shall come after thee in thy place, and in every assembly where thy successor sits. May he be known to all without inquiry. After that there came up a large-bodied, dark-visaged, fierce hero, and killed her lapdog. Whereupon she was grieved, and she told him that the heroism of himself and his tribe should be stained by the baseness of their minds, and that they should not be able to defend themselves against injuries, till they should do penance by fasting for her sake. Then the warrior repented what he had done, and humbled himself before her. And now there arose a contention about her, as to whom she should belong. Congal said she was his, for as much as she was caught in his territory, but Fergus urged that she belonged to him by right, as it was in his net she was taken, and Beok said that he had the best right of all to her on account of the promise that she had made to him. And as no one could settle the dispute, these three saints fasted and prayed that God would give them a judgment to show all who would win Libin. And an angel said to one of the company, Two wild oxen will come hither tomorrow from Carnarin, that is to say from the grave mound of Libin's sister, Ariu. Yoke a cart to them, and place the mermaid in it, and into whatsoever territory they bring her, she shall remain with the owner thereof. The oxen came on the morrow, as the angel had foretold, and when they were yoked and when Libin was placed in the chariot, they brought her straight away to Baok's church, namely Tecta Baok. Then the saints gave her a choice, 
either to die immediately after baptism and go to heaven, or to live on earth as long as she had lived in the sea, and then to go to heaven after these long ages. And the choice she took was to die immediately, whereupon Congal baptised her, and he gave her the name of Murgen, that is seaborn, or Murgelt, that is mermaid. And she is counted among the holy virgins, and held in honour and reverence, as God ordained for her in heaven, and wonders and miracles are performed through her, by her means at Tek Dabeok. Once again, thank you for joining me on the podcast for another Irish legend. The overflowing of Loch Naig and the story of Libin the Mermaid are both certainly very inspiring tales. As always, I encourage you to get in touch. You can email me on mlegendlore at gmail.com and you'll also find me on Twitter at Lore Myth. I'm Siobhan Clark. Thank you for listening to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast.